Brother Mills, Sister Mills, Bethlehem Church loves you, and we're glad you're here. Let's make the man of God welcome with the word from the Lord. You can be seated if you'd like. He and I were just talking about memories. I said he, he had a good memory, and he said only a long time ago. What we had for breakfast this morning, we may not know. Don't remember. But I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. I'm not going to ask my wife to sing tonight. She's been struggling with a cough that just she can't seem to get over. She doesn't have COVID. Don't anybody worry about that. She's been tested. She's been to the doctor. She just has a cough. She needs uh, God to heal her. While we're singing about, I just want you, Lord. My, my desire was, Lord, I just want you to heal my wife's body tonight. Whatever's causing the cough, please take it away. I, it was two years ago, I think, on Father's Day night that I was here, 2019. I shared with you some of the things that happened to me in in an accident that took place on February the 15th, 2019, being pinned under my own vehicle, my own truck, running over me, pinning me to the ground. During that process of time, my daughter and I and my wife at her behest, she kept on us and kept telling us that we needed to get something on paper before memories faded. And so my daughter and I, we sat down, we couldn't, did a, a time of t togetherness and, and just simply she worked it out and she has written a book about me Crystal Greer, my daughter Crystal D. Greer many of you that re may remember her here in school when we went uh, when we came for about six weeks and, and she was having tr trouble with algebra the school here got her through that and we uh, because her daddy couldn't. I could, I could work every equation there, but I couldn't tell her how to do it. But uh, it's called The Miracle of Minden, Journey from Pain to Purpose, this Bill Mills story. They'll be available in the foyer. We'd like to have one. They're $15. My wife also has a piano CD that it will be available at the same time. I'm appreciative of what I felt when I walked in here tonight the blessings of the Lord. I saw Brother Tim Wilson somewhere. Did I not? Wave at me wherever you're at. Amen. Good to see you tonight, Brother Tim. It's always good to see the Wilson brothers whenever they're in the house of the Lord with us, and I appreciate his blessings, his kindness. Brother Voskis has always been so kind. I told him, I said, it almost didn't seem like general conference because I didn't get to come through Potts Camp and be there at Bethlehem with you in service prior to the conference beginning like we had for two years in a row, 18 and 19. And then 20 came along and seemed to destroy just about everything that, that people had worked for because of a, the situation with COVID. But I am glad tonight that we are able to be back in the house of the Lord. We're able to feel the presence of God, able to enjoy God's presence here tonight. And as I uh, begin to think about what I would preach tonight to the church, after hearing your pastor open general conference, 
there's nothing I can say. He did such a tremendous job. I'd like to say ditto to everything that he ministered on Tuesday night. And then the bishop. I mean, what else can be said? The bishop, Brother Wilson, did a tremendous job on Wednesday night. And then Brother Carpenter, he put the icing on the cake when he preached on Thursday night. My soul was blessed. And I thought, boy, if I could just learn to carry their Bibles. I'd feel like a blessed man if I could just follow him around and just feel the shadow touch me every now and then. And I mean that. Brother Voskis, I don't know how much I poured into you because I wasn't much older than that. Maybe, Maybe in my late 20s, early 30s, but I don't know how much I could have poured into you there in Kokomo, Indiana. I just... I just know that God was good to us. It seemed like everywhere we went. How many of you believe the church was born in the fire? And it was born with a shout. Do you believe that? I said, do you really believe that tonight? I believe the church of the living God was born in a fire. And it was born with a shout. If there's anything that we as apostolics ought to know how to do is we ought to know how to shout. We ought to know how to lift our hands up. We ought to know how to clap our hands and magnify the Lord. We ought to know how to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Oh, my God, I feel your presence here today. I am so thankful for the blessings of God. So thankful for what God has done for his people in the church uh, of the living God. Uh, I hate new pieces of paper. They seem to just stick together and waste a whole lot of time. A few uh, weeks ago, you you probably remember, because Brother Vasquez probably preached a tremendous message on that day, Pentecost Sunday. How many of you remember that? Just a few Sundays ago, Talked about Pentecost and who we are and what we are. Amen. But I, I began to think about that day and, and I began to wonder what that day was, was really, really like. Uh, because if you'll notice uh, that since that time uh, or since that day after the resurrection, we have celebrated at least 1,988 uh, Pentecost Sundays since that one. But yet not another Pentecost Sunday has ever been written about uh, or penned about uh, or talked about like that Pentecost day. Amen. We know that it was a day of celebration. There was a time of rejoicing. As a matter of fact, Acts 2 is a big part of the apostolic church's celebration and who we are. Amen. I can't any longer go a service without quoting Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I love Pentecost. I love what happened that day. Amen. When you read Acts chapter 1, uh, it talks about being, uh, amen, having.
power given to you to be witnesses uh, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Uh, but when you read Acts 2, 1 through 4, uh, there's something that we seem to forget uh, on occasions when the day of Pentecost uh, was fully come. Uh, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat down upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Uh, amen. I'm going to tell you, whenever I read Acts 1 and 4, uh, there's a fire that begins to build up uh, on the inside of me. Because uh, it didn't just happen uh, 1,988 Pentecost uh, ago. It's still happening uh, in 2021. Uh, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost uh, is still taking place. Uh, people are still uh, speaking in tongues. Uh, people are still being baptized. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of their sins. Uh, I've come to preach to this church tonight. Uh, if we're going to see it continue, uh, there's some things we uh, as apostolic people must do. Uh, amen. I read uh, in verse 12 that it, it, the service uh, got so out of hand that some of them ask, uh, what meaneth this? Uh, amen. These men are nothing uh, but full of new wine, according to verse 13. But Peter stands up and tells them, this is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It was prophesied about, and now it happened, and it's still happening in 2021. It can happen here tonight. While people around this altar tonight, I believe that they were being delivered, even from habits and hurts and hang-ups that only God can help them through. Amen. There's not a 13-step program that can get them through it. Amen. It's only by the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah right now. Somebody ought to magnify the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. These men were acting like drunk men. And Peter said, they're not drunk as you suppose. He told them several different things. But by the time you get to verse 37, there is a question that is being asked. Amen. Men and brethren, what shall we do? I've quoted it already. Amen. But some young person ought to jump up right now and say it. Go ahead, quote it. All right. All right, somebody else, uh, amen, somebody else. Some, some of you sitting right here in the middle, you ought to jump up and say it right now. Acts 2.38, say it loud. Now, does anybody in the building believe that? 
Or do you believe it was for just the 120 in the upper room? Do you believe it was just for the 12? Do you believe it was just for the 3,000? Did it end, amen, with those 5,000 in Samaria? Did it end with, in Cornelius' house? Or can it happen tonight? I believe that we are living in a time where we need Pentecost to move through this place like never before. Amen, amen. There are some scriptures uh, that I want to bring to your attention. Uh, one of them being uh, Acts 2 and 42. Uh, amen. It says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread uh, and in prayers. Uh, amen. And we're going to see another Pentecost uh, like they had in Acts chapter 2. Uh, or Acts chapter 8, or Acts chapter 10, if we're going to see another outpouring of God like they saw during those days, amen, then we're going to have to make up our minds that we're going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Amen. We can't, uh, amen, splinter off. Uh, we can't go over here, uh, amen, and do this and that and the other, amen, that is the opposite of the apostles' doctrine. Uh, the apostles' doctrine is forever settled. Uh, it's not going to change. Uh, there is but one God. Uh, there's only one Lord uh, and one faith uh, and one baptism. Uh, there's no other way to be baptized. Uh, there's no other way to receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, Amen. That by speaking in tongues and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Do you believe? Amen. This is the apostles' doctrine. This is what it's all about. It's about reaching a world and teaching them and discipling them and baptizing them in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins and them receiving the Holy Ghost and coming out from among the world and being separate unto God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 is a very important part. They broke bread. Amen. They, they continued in prayers. Not just pray, but in prayers. Amen. Did you ever notice that most of the things that happened in the apostles' lives, amen, was on their way to pray. At the hour of prayer, somebody was praying at home, somebody was praying, and God moved. The lame man at the gate, amen, received his ability to walk because they were on their way to prayer. They were on their way to talk to God. Amen. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I do have. What do you have, Peter and John? I got prayer. I know how to touch God. I know how to call on his name. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What we need to do is quit worrying about, amen, who's got it and who don't have it. Just give what you got. Amen. Go ahead and lay hands on somebody and watch them be healed tonight. Amen. Sis, would you mind right now reaching over and laying your hands on my wife and 
ask God to heal her body. Would you stretch your hands? As, amen. You know, we're always waiting on the preacher to do it. We're always waiting on somebody has got a gift to do it. The Bible said these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Oh, come on. Come on, I feel the presence of God here. Amen. Amen. We time and eternal destiny once again to to collide with us in this place. We need another 3,000 soul revival. We need another outpouring of God's presence. My God, I feel your presence here. I know I'm taking a long runway tonight, but I'm trying to get off the ground and I'm going to do it quickly. And when I'm through, it'll be just as quick. But I've come to tell you tonight a verse that we often overlook in Acts chapter 2. We get to 42 and we're, we're satisfied and we, we give up. Amen. We don't go any further, but Acts 2 and 46 Amen. Is what I want to talk to you about for just a little moment tonight. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Tonight I want to talk to you just a little while about one accord and singleness of heart. Amen. You can't... uh, Amen. See God do what we expect him to do uh, with division, with no unity among us. Uh, Amen. These new converted people of God, uh, they continued. uh, Amen. Which is an action verb. Uh, They daily were with one accord. Uh, They daily had singleness of heart. Uh, They had one reason that they woke up in the morning uh, and breathed the rest of the day. uh, And that was to represent uh, Jesus Christ in such a manner uh, that somebody uh, would want what they have. Uh, Amen. When people see us coming, uh, do they want what we have? uh, Are they trying to turn around uh, and run away from us? Uh, I've come to tell today if we are a child of God, uh, amen, we ought to still we had the same ability that they had in the book of Acts. Our shadow ought to be able to pass by somebody and them be healed. Amen. We ought to be able to walk into a room and the atmosphere completely change because we are one God talking holy rollers. We've been baptized in Jesus' name. power with God. Tonight, singleness of mind, singleness of heart. One writer said it this way about them. They are of one heart. Their heart, amen, was just simply one. Brother Vasquez preached so tremendously on Tuesday night about the power of God having what the church had, speaking in such a manner 
that when we left, I wanted to know more about God. The one accordance, the singleness of mind could only happen because they had a unified purpose. Berkeley translates Acts 2.46 to read like this. Daily, they regularly frequented the temple with a unified purpose. The New Testament in the language of today's translation translates this verse this way. All were one at heart as they went to the temple regularly every day. One accord, according to the Greek, amen, was mentioned 11 times in the New Testament. And 10 of them were in the book of Acts. Amen. What it simply means is they had the same mind. There was no division among them. From Acts chapter 1 to ending of Acts chapter 4, they saw the greatest move of God that could have ever been seen. Some predict that there was probably somewhere around 86,000 in Jerusalem that had been baptized in Jesus' name during those first four chapters. But by the time Acts chapter 5 comes, it seems like, amen, all of a sudden someone's heart changes. It's no longer about what I can do for God. It's no longer what I can do for the unity and for the singleness of mind of the church. Ananias and Sapphira decide to lie to the Holy Ghost. And when they walk in, when Ananias walks in, Peter said, why have you decided in your heart? Amen, you're not gonna hurt me. It's not against me. You've lied to the Holy Ghost. When people begin to do things that they ought not do, it's not against the church and it's not against the pastor. It's against the Holy Ghost. And you need to be very careful because stepping outside the singleness of heart and obeying what the word of God tells us to do can cause us to have death. It may not be a physical death, but I've seen people sitting on apostolic pews dying a spiritual death because all of a sudden they begin to lie to themselves. They begin to lie to their spouses. They begin to lie to the preacher. They begin to lie to people around them. Amen. And they begin to die on the inside. What we need tonight is to come back into the singleness of heart and the unity of the faith and say, God, cleanse me tonight. Wash me tonight. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Most of the time, it's not the church that has the bad spirit. It's not the pastor that has the bad spirit. It's not the music directors that has the bad spirit. Usually it's us because we have moved away from what God is trying to do. Brother Vasquez nailed, hit the nail on the head when he said, this is summertime. The sun stays up longer. Seems like we can get more things to do done during the daylight hours. But I've come to tell tonight, Sundays and Wednesdays ought to be limited 
so that when you walk in this house, you're not too tired. And I just preach it. When I was 20 years younger, I could get down there quicker and get back up, but it's hard to, when you're 66 now to get up and down that thing. But I've come to tell you, whenever we come to church so we're out, uh, amen, and we can't lift our hands uh, and we don't feel like praising and we don't feel like loving God uh, and magnify God, what does that do? Uh, that causes everybody in the building to say, well, sister so-and-so must be down. Brother so-and-so must be going through a problem. When all it is is we wore ourselves out with the menial things of the day when we should have been getting ready to enter his gates with thanksgiving and we should have been getting ready to come into his courts with praise. On Sundays and Wednesdays at least, the only thing I ought to have on my mind is coming to church with a singleness of mind walking in the building and saying I'm here to praise God I'm here to praise somebody through to the Holy Ghost I'm here to lift up Jesus I'm not leaving until I give God everything I've got in this service tonight there's steep steps there's steep steps on short legs. But here, here we are tonight. This may be the last time Brother Voskis asked me to come. But if we're going to see a move of God, one of the essential things that we must have is unity. <laughs> we need that. There's a story about the potato family are the potatoes. Potato unity is what it's called. When they are in the ground in little clumps, that is not unity. When they are put into a bucket, they are close, but that is not unity. When they are peeled, no skin, no facade, that, yet that is not unity. When they are sliced and diced, they are closer together, but still, that's not unity. In fact, there is only one way to get unity. After doing all the things that are above, you put them together in a pot and you turn up the heat. Woo, I'm making you hungry. Well, I hope so, because I'm getting there myself. But you put them in a pot and you turn up the heat. The church has got to get in the pot together. The heat's going to have to be turned up. But even at that, that's still not unity. But whenever you mash them together, when you smash them together, that's when unity takes place. And what God wants to do tonight on June the 20th, 2021, is to turn up the heat in this place on every one of us. And then he wants to reach down with that great big loving hand that has a nail print in it and 
mashes together and say, I'm going to make them one. Even as I and my father are one, we're going to see a move of God. We're going to see the signs, the wonders and the miracles. But it'll only be when we become men and women of singleness of mind. Singleness of heart. So, perhaps the way we can identify some hindrances to our daily attitude that keeps us from having the same mindedness and becoming single of mind are these things. Did you know selfishness is the number one cause? of there not being singleness of mind in the church. People wanting to have their own way instead of God's way. It seems to be the root of all attitude, problems, selfishness. Whatever happened to the day where we would fall on our faces in a prayer room and begin to call out on God and say, God, not my will. Not my agenda, not what I want, but thy will be done. (laughs) Can you imagine? I got a feeling that's what happened those 10 days, uh, 10 or 7 days, whichever you believe that they were in the upper room. uh, I believe that they were getting ready. They were getting all of their agendas out of the way. The two that wanted to sit on the thrones beside him, they had to get that out of their heart. Amen. They had to realize, amen, that if they were going to be even be there, they were going to be servant of all. Amen. What we need tonight is singleness of heart when we come in the church house. Because I promise you, when the devil shows up to fight against those that want the Holy Ghost and to fight against those that need to be baptized in Jesus' name, he doesn't come in here all divided. He comes in here with his mind made up. I'm going to do whatever it takes to hinder the move of God, to hinder the service. And so we as the children of God, if we believe we are apostolics, we ought to come in this building uh, with oneness of heart. Uh, we ought to come in here with singleness of mind. Uh, devil, you're not going to take another piece of ground. Uh, you're not going to win one more paddle. You're not going to. If I don't hurry, I, I, won't, I won't be able to get to something that I feel like the Lord wants for us tonight. Number two. The inability to recognize that there are at least two sides to every story. We all want everybody on this side or that side. There were three blind men that were asked to touch an elephant. The first blind man grabbed the elephant by its trunk and immediately said, an elephant is like a snake. The second blind man reached out and touched the elephant's massive, rough-skinned leg and said, no, the elephant is like a tree. The third blind man grabbed the elephant's tail and said, you are both wrong. An elephant is like a rope. Each of these men were correct in their assessment, but it was based entirely 
upon their experience. And none of them had the whole picture. Sometimes it depends on where you grab truth at. Whenever we must recognize that Jesus Christ came to bring us in the ability to worship God in spirit and in truth. Too much truth sometimes will cause us to be dead. Too much spirit will cause us not to want to love the truth. We must find the even balance between spirit and truth and live for God with all of our heart. The third thing that causes singleness of mind sometimes to leave us is self-appointed critics. I'm just waiting to see if any tomatoes start flying here. <laughs> there are self-appointed critics in every place. It's too hot. It's too cold. PA is too loud. The music is too modern. It's not like it used to be. Well, if it's not like it used to be, why don't you find some place and pray? until it becomes like it used to be. To where the services were so full of the power of God, it didn't matter who was singing. Didn't matter if it was on key or off key. Didn't matter who was preaching. We just came to have church and to see a move of the Holy Ghost. God help me tonight. Amen. I've made up my mind. Even my worst enemies in the pulpit preaching, I'm still going to go hear him preach because he might just have a word that helps me become his friend again. I'm going to tell you, we need to stop all this nonsense. If it's my singer singing, I'll show up. If it's my preacher preaching, I'll show up. Whatever happened with it being Jesus' church and showing up, just to worship him. See if I can give you four things that might help you, brother. Boskis, if I get out of line, I'm preaching something you don't like. Just come up here and touch me. Let me give you four things that might help you before I get to number four and number five. Whatever you're told in confidence, do not repeat. Whatever you're tempted to talk or whenever you're tempted to talk, do not yield. Whenever you're discussing people, do not gossip. Even if you end the phrase with bless their heart. Number four, however you're prone to disagree, do not slander. Four things that, fourth thing that may possibly keep us from having singleness of heart is lack of tolerance, hinders togetherness. Paul in his letter to the Corinthian church says loving 
Long-suffering is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Charity suffereth long. Someone wrote this, every congregation has a choice to be one of two things. You can choose to be a bag of marbles, which are single units that don't affect each other except in collision. On Sunday morning, you can choose to go to church or sleep in. Who really cares whether there are 192 or 193 marbles in the bag? Because they're just separate entities. Or you can be choose to be a bag of grapes that the juices begin to mingle in that bag. And there is no way to be able to tell the difference between one and the other. Part fragrance, part stuff. Which one is it you want to be? When I come to church, God, let my praise go up as a sweet-smelling incense unto you. God, when we're through here tonight, don't let anything we've done be in vain, but let it all go up. And then when it hits your nostrils tonight, then you'll just reach down with a hand of love and touch everybody in the building and let us know that we have done exactly what you want us to do. I have found, Brother Voskis, that the fifth thing that hinders singleness of heart, singleness of mind, is unforgiveness. Failing to resolve unresolved issues. How can I know if I've forgiven someone, Pastor? Brother Mills, Brother Voskis, who's harmed me? I'm going to give you three symptoms of forgiveness and then I'm going to close. I'm not anywhere near through, but I'm going to close because I feel the Spirit of the Lord talking to my heart and to your heart. I'm preaching this to me as much as I am. Anybody else in this building? I've been asking God for 15 years for a Pentecost in Minden, Louisiana. I've been asking God for an outpouring where signs, wonders, and miracles happen. Be careful what you pray for. You might end up being the miracle. I didn't intend for that to happen. But it did. And I've been wanting to see great things. People receive the Holy Ghost. Every time that someone puts on Facebook that their church is having revival, baptizing people, I don't fold my arms, get mad, get upset. I answer in the comments, I'm rejoicing with you. Amen. Because I know that if God is doing it there, eventually it's going to come down the road to men in Louisiana. I pray. Amen. I don't care. Amen. I'm not the only apostolic church in Minden. If God's given revival across town, I'm not mad. Amen. I want to rejoice with them because I know sooner or later it's going to work from over there back up Louisville Road and it's going to fall at the apostolic lighthouse. I just got to keep rejoicing with no 
animosity or bitterness in my heart? How can I know that I've forgiven somebody? These are the things that you should ask yourself every time that person's name enters the conversation. Do you feel compelled to recount a bad experience that you had with them? If you do, then you haven't forgiven. The avoidance syndrome. You see them in the store before they see you, so you turn three aisles down to avoid having to speak to them. How many of us have an avoidance syndrome? I'm going to be honest, I've been guilty of it in the past. There are people that I have tried to avoid with everything that was within me, but somehow or another, it didn't matter what aisle I turned down, God saw to it, they turned down the other end of it. And I had to come face to face with them anyway. You might as well go ahead and let it go. It ain't worth spending eternity lost over. Put it under the blood. Somebody said, I buried the hatchet, but yeah, but you need to forget where the hatchet's buried. Because too many times we go back and dig it back up. Number three. How I can recognize if I have forgiven or not. Feelings of bitterness, anger, or gall when you think of that person. If any of those things arise in your life, would you begin to think about that individual? I recommend a trip to the altar tonight asking God for forgiveness because a broken and a contrite spirit he will in no wise cast out. And when we begin to repent, our singleness of mind will come back together and we will see the move of God that we need to see. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters, Screwtape is the devil. He gives advice to his nephew, Wormwood, on how to get recruits. He says to his nephew, the church is the most fertile field. If you can just get them to bickering with each other, then we'll feel hell wide open. We'll feel hell full. It'll fill up. So tonight I'm asking you, do not let bitterness, backbiting, envy, strife, jealousy get a hold of you tonight. And if there's anything that is causing you to lean in that direction, I'm asking you to get up from your seat right now. I know <laughs> I know what someone may be thinking right now. If I get up right now, everybody will think I know that I've got a problem. So I'll tell you what, <clears throat> rather than singling any individual out, why don't we just all stand and everybody take somebody by the hand and say, come pray with me for a moment tonight. God, I can't afford one thing to keep me in Bethlehem Church from having revival. God, there's not one thing in my heart I want to have. 
that would not allow a move of God like Pastor's been praying for for the entire time he's been here. God put us together in unity, put us together in singleness of mind, singleness of heart. God help us right now. Help us right now, God. Help us right now. God, don't let us leave here the same way we came. God, somehow. One accord and singleness of heart. God, I got to have it. Come on, everybody ought to be bringing somebody to the altar with you tonight. Everybody ought to be coming this way. Pentecost. God, next year in 2022, let somebody write about a Pentecost that was just like the first one. But the sound of a rushing mighty wind came. Revival broke out. Thousands were filled with the Holy Ghost.
we lift our hands to heaven and praise the Lord together tonight. Can you thank him for his word? Lord, we worship and we praise you. We magnify your name. Oh, that's right. Let's praise him all over this place. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. God, I worship you. God, I praise you, Lord. God. 